other sad news today, Tony Bennett, 96 years old, the old crooner. I left my heart in San Francisco. I think that was Tony Bennett. He passed away, that's sad news, but he was 96 years old and he lived a wonderful, wonderful life. In fact, Tony Bennett maintained relevance for a long time. He was in different shows, even up until the last couple of years. So rest in peace, Tony Bennett. But I got to tell you what happened. My guys here, Nick and Dylan, wait, hold on. The UVA coach died? Oh, man. I didn't even think about that. In fact, I mean, it's reasonable. It is reasonable. I don't want to rip them too bad, although I did think it was funny. I didn't even think about it. I didn't. I did not even think, wait, that could be the UVA coach. No, when I saw Tony Bennett died, I knew it was TB, baby. He of the beautiful voice. Look at those dark looks. Yeah. And the great hair piece later on in his existence. It was flowing like a river, baby. Anyway, rest in peace, Tony Bennett singer, not UVA head Coach, hey, uh, who knows why this isn't being covered? We all know, don't we? I think we do. (sighs) There he is. Look at that man. Look at that man. He's still ripped. I guarantee he takes his shirt off. He's got an eight-pack in there. He's an inspiration. He really is. All right, let's get down to business here. Yesterday, it was revealed and laughed at, actually, uh, the bribe file on the Hunter Biden slash big guy Joe Biden crime family was revealed, and the Burisma chief, now, Burisma is a Ukrainian energy company that paid a boatload, like tens of millions of dollars to the Biden crime family, allegedly, listen to this, 10 million in bribes to the Biden family so that Joe Biden would make the company's legal problems in Ukraine go away, according to the confidential human source report the FBI tried to hide. Why is the FBI trying to hide it? And I cannot wait to talk to Vivek Ramaswamy today. I cannot wait to get to the bottom of this because Ramaswamy wants to eliminate or certainly streamline Department of Justice, FBI at all. And I can't wait to hear it. I'm not big on less uh, enforcement. Uh, agencies, I'm big on less corruption. Uh, A Burisma executive said they only hired Hunter Biden so Joe Biden would help them. The executive said Hunter Biden was stupid and that the executive's dog was smarter than Hunter Biden. Raise your hand if you knew that one already. Recall that Democrats in Congress impeached Trump because he asked about this corruption in a phone call with the Ukrainian president. Those of you that dislike right-wing conspiracies, you got to start coming around to it. Right-wing conspiracies equal, oh, I don't know, truce. Let's hear a little bit. We got a little testimony yesterday. Let's hear some. I love videos on this stuff. Yes. And Hunter Biden's laptop from hell, it has everything. It's a hellhole and cesspool of corruption and criminal conduct. It has hard drugs, prostitution, pornography, money laundering. It has Biden family shell companies, communist Chinese, corrupt foreign government deals from tens of millions of dollars in exchange for access to the Biden family. The Hunter Biden laptop from hell has all of this, correct? Yeah. And the American people are smart. They know that this was not a hack and dump. This was illegal government censorship to protect and prop up Joe Biden on the eve of the 2020 election. And according to polling, 
Of people who were now made aware of the Hunter Biden laptop story, 53% would have changed their vote, including 61% of Democrats. Yeah, did you see that? I mean, did you see who that was? That was our girl, Emma Jo Morris, who is a stud. We got to get her on. She's a stud. She sat right in front of Congress and kicked their backside. I was tweeting with her last night. She is awesome. She just stood up there and started laughing. She's the reporter that we've had on that has covered this from jump, ladies and gentlemen, and she is fantastic. Hey, ESPNNNN. I've told you about Kimberly Martin. She's the one that interrupts everybody. Guess what? Kimberly Martin, an African-American lady, went exactly where African-American folks on ESPN go. This woman actually said that Jalen Hurts is the most disrespected quarterback in the NFL. Jalen Hurts signed the biggest contract in NFL history. Kimberly Martin is an idiot. Kimberly Martin has always been an idiot. Kimberly Martin is a diversity hire that is horrible on TV, and she's just not very good. Uh, Daniel Snyder, let's talk about DS, shall we? Daniel Snyder has decided, guess what? I'm going to sell the team. Daniel Snyder sells the team. Daniel Snyder got fined $60 million. I want to say this again, $60 million because he hid $47 million in revenue. There is basic revenue sharing. You're supposed to report what you make. You're supposed to give it. You're supposed to do all the things that human beings in business are supposed to do. You're not supposed to hide stuff. And of course, you're not supposed to to harass employees. He pushed an employee up against a car, put his hand on his knee underneath the table. Hey, look, if you're just a dude trying to get a date, maybe that's okay until she says no, pushes you away, and you get the hell out. You don't force yourself on anybody, but when you're the boss, when you're the boss, nay, 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 nook, when you are the person in charge, you deserve to get fined. You deserve to get whatever is coming to you and rejoice, as Ryan puts up there, Raw hail to the Redskins. They are happy today as the man that they blame for all of their woes is out. Josh Harris, who owns the Devils, who owns the Sixers, is in. Magic Johnson is a part of this group, and Magic Johnson is like that guy. There is a great... There's a great neighborhood in Bloomington, Indiana, like Hyde Park or something. I can't remember. And the developer of that develops these high-end neighborhoods everywhere. They're really high-end. They're beautiful. Well, there's another developer that buys the land next to the developer that builds these big neighborhoods. And he builds a neighborhood a little bit less. Not much, but a little bit less. Always adjacent to. That's Magic Johnson. He's always in on the deal just enough. He's always right there. Magic Johnson is always in the deal, and Magic Johnson now is a part owner of the Washington Commanders, and I love what Magic Johnson does as a businessman. Magic Johnson is smart as Hazel. Magic Johnson is brilliant, and he's involved in this deal, but the bigger story is that Daniel Snyder is out. And people are really happy, but here's what's going to happen moving forward. You're not going to have Daniel Snyder to blame anymore. See, whenever anything went wrong with the commanders, and it always went wrong with the commanders, 
under the Daniel Snyder regime. People pointed to one thing. They didn't blame the players. They didn't blame the coach. Hell, Ron Rivera, because he's a woke dude, is a hero, particularly in D.C. You know what they blame? D.S. Daniel Snyder. All right, let's see a little reaction to this. Got a little video for you from Daniel Snyder. Or about Daniel. Jerry? Always trying to get me with a great one. <laughs> Would you call this a good day for Washington fans? Potentially? I think it's going to be a great day for the NFL and uh, uh, excited. And it's, uh, I think, a hallmark day. Uh, excited about the uh, prospects of uh, going into uh, Washington and uh, giving them some capital punishment. I would only be different I love Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones will always stop in front of a camera. Look, Jimmy Ursay started this way back. And once Jimmy Ursay, if you remember about six months ago, started talking about Daniel Snyder and getting him out and they think they have enough, well, that snowballed. And then you add this. You understand that Daniel Snyder got a great price for this, billions of dollars. So he's out $60 million, but he's making billions on the deal. All right, so Daniel Snyder isn't some chump here. You know, people make Daniel Snyder out to be a chump. Well, you make him out to be a chump because you don't like him in terms of what he's done with his team. And that includes internally, where he's been a complete predator, apparently, where he's ran an old boys network. Now, Mark Cuban ran the same thing, but Mark Cuban is beloved by the media. And Mark Cuban doesn't have to deal with the stuff that Daniel Snyder has to deal with. But the truth of the matter is Daniel Snyder being out doesn't solve the woes of the commanders, uh, at least not yet. Commanders will still stink. You'll still love their coach. Although, remember this, without someone to blame, there has to be someone to blame. Is it going to be the coach? I don't know. Who's it going to be? I don't know. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, it ain't going to be Daniel Snyder no more. And that's going to get interesting because we want someone to blame. We do. I got this thing stuck in my ear, and I don't like it. That's why you listen to this show. I don't know. It's stuck in my ear, and I'm going to have to dig it out with pliers or something. I don't know. But anyway, rejoice. I got it. Rejoice. All right, I'll tell you who is rejoicing. Some dude named Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Now, look, Eagle fans are historically, historically tough on players. But Chauncey here, Gardner-Johnson, he of the three names, doesn't like him. Let's hear, as we had to mute the cuss words. My favorite videos on this show are when we have to mute the cuss words. Let's hear from Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. That boy paid $5 just so he could get Alright, um, right, my least favorite thing is the people. The noxious I can't stand it. Yeah, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson dressed up. He's a real respectful cat. I mean, the more you hear from players, the less you like players. Not seriously. It used to be the more you hear from players, the more you liked them. 
Yeah, Eagle fans are obnoxious, blah, 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 blah. I don't know who Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is. Apparently, he's a good player. And I don't care who Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is. But he gave us content for today, and I ain't mad at him. Speaking of content, he's a content machine. All right, let's hear immediately. Let's hear from Lane Kiffin yesterday at SEC Media Day. Just like when everybody was like, oh, we got this NIL. It's great. And then... um you know, in this portal, it's great. Oh, whoa. Like, and I'm not saying I was the only one saying, I'm like, whoa, this is a disaster coming because you just legalized cheating. And you just told donors they can pay the players. That's what you did. And then, you know, it's supposed to be set up well. It's really for your name, image, likeness, for your marketing. Again, that's not what hap- That's not what's happening. They're getting paid to go to school. So it's paid for play. Yeah, and been people, and he went on to say that he participates in it because he has to. And he does have to. Look, you can stand up and be the warrior that says, I'm not going to participate in this, particularly in football, and you're going to be out of job because everybody else is. Nobody has their hand out like football. I'll give Calipari and I'll give Izzo credit in basketball because they are not participating in it. And people don't believe that, but they're not. They're not participating in it. They're going to do what name, image, and likeness says to do, which is this. You go to school, you play well, you have an image, you have a name, you have a likeness, you get paid for that. It is not supposed to be, hey, look, I'm going to give you 300 grand to come to school here. I'm going to sign you to a deal. But I got to tell you, pay for play works for schools. Miami of Florida had that pet kid from right here over in Lawrence, Indiana, which is where I live. They paid him about half million over two years. Guess what? They got to the final four. No, they did. They got to the final four. And let, next thing you know, uh, their toes are tapping. Their toes are tapping big time. So look, don't even think for a second that name, image, and likeness isn't an important thing. Don't think for a second that name, image, and likeness and paying for players isn't a good thing. It's a great thing. It's a fantastic thing for players. It is. Players get paid to go to school. Is it a great thing for coaches? No. Is it a great thing for institutions? No. And this is where I have a problem. See, I have a problem because you're supposed to, at some point in your existence, you are supposed to defend the school. It should be at some point about the school. The school is set up to help the student, even the student athlete. The school and the sport should not just be pushed aside specifically for the student athlete. There's where I have a problem. I've said this forever. I've said this forever, and nobody's going to listen to me. But what I say, I will continue to say, and that is simply this. Do yourself a favor, schools. Build the biggest school, the best school that you possibly can. Invite the best students in. And figure it out later. See, right now, we don't give a damn about the school. We give a damn about one thing and one thing only, and that's the player. Well, the school stays long after the player is gone. The sport stays long after the player is gone. I'm all for paying players. I always have been. Just don't tell me that players are going to school on full scholarship for free. That is complete bluey. Bluey? Is it Bluey? How, boy, what is it called? I don't know. Whatever it's called, it is. That's crap. It's crap. I went to college. I went on full scholarship. I lived on the bottom bunk. My brother was on the top bunk. 
every day my brother had to get up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning to go work at Scott Ladd Foods to pay for his school. And every day I would tell him as a smart aleck younger brother, you should have worked harder in basketball or sports and rolled over as he punched me. And then he went to work. I'm just telling you, that's payment to me. Maybe not to you. Maybe you got to have $300,000. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, but just don't tell me players have gone to school for free. That's just ignorance. That's Mina Kimes bullshit. That's just stupid. Stupid. And I'm not having it. It's just stupid. Anyway, I agree with Kiffin. I don't disagree with him. I do think this, though. At some point, uh, Congress is going to get involved. There is legislation. I'm not commenting on it until I actually see it come to fruition because we all know Congress speaks about a lot of crap, but NIL is supposed to be, hey, Trace Jackson Davis, you're here in Indiana. You're playing well. Car dealership wants to sign you. Do it. So-and-so wants to sign you. Do it. Nick's wants to sign you, do it. It's not supposed to be, hey, I'm going to give you $300,000 to come play for me at school. And you know what? That's what it is, and you got to participate, and it ain't stopping. Let me just explain that to you. It is not stopping. NIL will continue. NIL, I, you know what? Until and if there become federal laws, it ain't stopping. And, ladies and gentlemen, you and I both know that the government doesn't solve much. The government confuses much. The government BSs much. So putting it in the hands of the government isn't really the way to go. It just isn't. But you know what? Somebody's got to do something. Because this is out of control. If you love the sport and if you love the institution, if you just love the players, shoot, pay them everything you want. As Bill has said, why do we care what anybody drives? And I don't disagree with him. I don't. Speaking of this, uh, this is just weird to me. And this will always be weird to me. And this may not be weird to you, but this is always going to be weird to me. A Vermont coach sues the school. Listen to this. After being fired for what you say, what was this man fired for? You know what he was fired for? He used the term biological male. Now, I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that so you understand it. He used the term biological male. You're not even allowed as an adult male to use the term biological male. Now, can somebody please explain that to me? He's not saying anything other than biological male. He referenced the term, and the world is insane. Insane. Well, it seems to me, and here's where the end of it was, a biological male has a competitive and athletic advantage over a biological female. Now, I want to say that again. I want you to understand this. A biological male has a competitive advantage over a female athletically. And he got fired for that. Now, I want you just for a second. If you don't think our country is insane, if you don't think our country is completely out of its mind, I can't help you. I honestly can't help you. His name was Todd Woodcrow. 
We'll figure this out later. We'll figure this out later. Uh, Trayvon Diggs takes issue with his Madden rating. Trayvon Diggs is mad about his uh, Madden rating. He is mad uh, that, you know what, his Madden rating is no good. So Trayvon Diggs is mad. Guess what position Trayvon Diggs plays in football? Wide receiver. I want to say it again. Trayvon Diggs is mad, so we're all supposed to give a crap. And he's a wide receiver. Every wide receiver, I think it's like a college. I think like we all go to a college of wide receivers. How to act like an idiot. How to act like a complete idiot. I mean, uh, hey, look, uh, what, what, what time's the meeting today? Uh, we're going to have a stupid meeting here, and it's going to be at uh, gonna be at 6 o'clock. Today's topic is going to be arguing with your quarterback, or it's going to be your Madden rating and to be upset. 87 overall, throw your whole game away. I'm not FW it. Uh, what it uh, yeah, okay. Well, that makes me sad. Trayvon Diggs makes me sad. Uh, because we want every wide receiver to be happy. If you're not happy as a wide receiver, I think it's a college. I do. Hey, uh, all you guys on the YouTube chat, uh, we're going to have a college where we teach you how to be a diva wide receiver. First, you got to argue with your quarterback. You got to throw a tantrum on the sideline. You got to storm out of locker rooms like uh, this guy did. Uh, what else do we got to do? Now, I guess he didn't, but anyway. We got to learn how to be mad at our Madden rating, cause a commotion, be try to become a media star like Ocho Cinco. That's what we got to do. And once we do that, then tomorrow we'll have contract negotiations. It's a college, ladies and gentlemen. It's a fantastic college that we all should participate in. I think it's awesome. I do. I think it's fantastic. I, they, they just go. I don't know. Uh, Justin Fields names himself as a top five running back of all time. Now, let me explain this to you. Bobby Douglas of the Chicago Bears, by the way, first quarterback to rush for 1,000 yards. Uh, All things start and end with Bobby Douglas, certainly for the Bears and its quarterback position. Now, Justin Fields may be one of the fastest quarterbacks, maybe one of the most elusive quarterbacks, maybe one of the guys that you go, huh, yeah, he's really good, huh, you better keep him in the pocket, huh, we got to do something great with him, huh, but the fact of the matter is, he ain't no Bobby Douglas, he's not, I don't care what you tell me, you got to be better than Bobby Douglas, you can look it up. You could look it up. Oh, yeah, Trayvon Diggs is a corner. My fault. But that's all right. The point still stands. I'm thinking Stephon Diggs. That's all right. (laughs) The point still stands. What's wrong with me? Justin Fields, baby, I got to tell you, there's a lot of good running quarterbacks. There's a lot of great running quarterbacks now, including Daniel Jones, who Craig Carton says is the best in the NFL. And Craig Carton ain't wrong. No, he's not. But Justin Fields, look him up. Look up Bobby Joe Douglas, I think was his name. When I was a kid, we had to watch Bobby Joe Douglas. And you know what Bobby Douglas did? Bobby Douglas spawned a kid. He spawned a kid that ended up playing. Maybe his name was Bobby Joe Douglas. But he spawned a kid that played basketball 
for the University of Wisconsin. And he was a pretty good player. He was. He was all right. Bobby Douglas ran for 2,624 yards. And he played baseball, damn it. I'm sorry. In 1972, Bobby Joe Douglas uh, ran for 968 yards, eight touchdowns, 141 carries. That's right. That record stood forever. Billy Kilmer and Bobby Douglas are the only two quarterbacks ever to rush for four touchdowns in a game. Don't try to be Bobby Douglas, big boy. Don't try to do it. He averaged 43 yards rushing a game. He got broke by Michael Vick at 54. Slow your roll, Justin Fields. Slow your damn roll. Yeah, that's right. I said it, and I mean it. Slow your roll. Vivek Ramaswamy joins us coming up here uh, in a little bit. Neymar says he cried for five days. He considered retirement after Brazil lost the World Cup. Now, that's a dude that cares. Come on. That's a dude that cares. I cried. I've not cried for five days about anything. I haven't cried for five days about nothing. I need to start crying for five days. Crying for five days seems like a pretty good time to me. It does. I ain't mad at crying for five days. Let's y'all get a good cry for four or five days. We got a monster for you today, Vivek Ramaswamy, coming up here in a minute. I'm going to get into issues. Like, I just want to get into issues. What's he going to do about the border? How is he going to streamline our Department of Justice and other agencies? The women's situation. He's been very clear about what's a wo- who's a woman, who's not a woman. I can't even believe that I'm actually going to say all this stuff. It's amazing to me. It's astounding to me that this is in my head, that we've got to talk about these kind of things. But we do. It's a big get. It's a big get. Yeah, I know Travion Diggs is a corner. I screwed that up. What are you going to do? I talk a lot. And if I screw something up once in a while, so be it. But we got Eric Coleman coming on to talk about Hard Knocks has started. And Aaron Rodgers has been considered, ladies and gentlemen, a coach, and I'm quoting here, that can still play. I'm going to say it again. A coach that can still play. That's pretty good. If you got a guy that's a legitimate coach on the field, legitimate, with his background, I said this before when the Colts were trying to get a quarterback in here, and I wanted Tom Brady. He elevates the entire building. Remember how we always talk about buildings? We talk about buildings in the NFL. Our building, 56th Street, the building. Everybody always discusses the building, all right? Well, guess what? (laughs) Aaron Rodgers is elevating the building, and that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's a great thing when you really think about it. You need somebody to come in there and make every coach better. You need someone to come in there and make every player better, every trainer better, every administrator better, everyone better. And that's what Aaron Rodgers, I think, is doing. Now, Eric Coleman is on the broadcast team, former player. And we're going to talk to Eric because Eric's really good and he understands. We're going to talk to Eric about this and we're going to see where he thinks the Jets are heading because it's an interesting story. Uh, Haley's going to join us later on. Vivek Ramaswamy, a presidential candidate. And by the way, Ramaswamy has moved into tie for numero dos. That's right, number two. But we're going to talk policy, man. We are. We're going to talk policy 
with him and just see what he's going to do because the fact of the matter is I think we're all tired of arguing. I think we're all tired of saying, hey, look, this guy's good, this guy's bad, this guy's an idiot, this guy's smart, I want to indict this guy, this guy's a liar. I'm kind of tired of it. I want to know in our election, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's the most important thing you can come up with. What are you going to do to help the ills of our country? The border, energy, uh, not taking $10 million from Burisma, I think would be a good start. Women in men's sports, that's a problem. No, 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 that's a real problem. IRS, FBI, Department of Justice trying to censor us. What the hell is a woman? We're going to get all into this, and I can't wait, with Vivek Ramaswamy next. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Vivek Ramaswamy getting set up here as we look forward to talking to the presidential candidate about a myriad of issues. One of the things, there's a couple things that I really enjoy or have enjoyed about him. One, we'll show you a video of him just talking a lady in Iowa. I think it was Iowa, just totally off the ledge. She was going nuts on him and others about her body and abortion. And he very calmly and very succinctly curbed the situation. And I'm sitting there watching this thinking, isn't that what we need a little bit in this country? Don't we need a little more rational discussion instead of chaos and mayhem? Don't we need a little more honesty, compassion, and empathy as opposed to what we've got right now, which is, well, we've got complete mayhem, chaos, we've got bribes, we've got indictments coming, we've got all kind of stuff going on. I think we need a little empathy. I think we need a little compassion. I think we need a little common sense. And uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is that guy, as I look at it, every time I watch him speak, I hear common sense. Every time I hear him, every time he is in front of a camera, what I hear is common sense. And one of the things that he has brought common sense to is simply, hey, look, we've got certain laws for criminals. How about we enforce the laws that we have on the books for criminals? That doesn't seem to be such a stretch. That doesn't seem to be so far whacked out out there. That seems to be common sense. The other thing we have, and again, I am actually, I am for police. I am for FBI. I am for having people that are going to go in and protect us. But the operative words here are protect us. That's the operative words. That's what we are supposed to have in our government agencies. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to have agencies that protect the people, not work as conduits for, oh, I don't know, presidents. Oh, I don't know, presidents' sons. And I don't give a damn if it's Donald Trump Jr. I don't give a damn if it's Donald Trump. This is a bipartisan deal. This is not a partisan thing I'm expressing here. It's kind of simple, but it's not. And we need more of it. We need more of Vivek Ramaswamy's in our world. We need less infighting. We need less brawling. We need less lying. We need less stupidity, actually. And every time, like the other day, Vivek Ramaswamy comes in. He's doing a speech in New Hampshire. You know what he comes into? Jason Aldean's song. Why? Well, because that song is common sense. That song is anti-rioting. That song is anti-looting. 
And however, again, Vivek Ramaswamy uses common sense. Uh, the lack of common sense says that song is bad. I just baffles my mind. Vivek, nice enough to join us now. I want to get right into it because I was just introducing you. Transition and common Here we go. Let, let's play hey. what you did the other day. And I just thought this was awesome. Thank you. Transition today. We're done teaching our troops. Protect all women. Protect all women. Amen. And I believe that, that, that you know, the, the number of rapes that are actually reported in the U.S. So thank you. And part of what it means to live in this country is we have free speech. We get to speak our minds openly, even if we all don't agree on it. So let's actually applaud her for the courage. Come into a room and ask the I got to tell you, that was awesome. And I thank you for joining us. We need more of that, not the insanity that we currently have. And I thank you for that. And I thank you for your common sense and joining my show. I appreciate it. And I appreciate what you do as well. And, uh, you know, I heard your monologue about Jason Aldean's song. And you know what? Last night at a rally, I played that song to open and close it, to celebrate more free speech and open expression in our country. So that's just how I'm wired. Well, you know, let me go into this because you have been very open about were you to be president, you are going to, I'll call it streamline, I'll call it get rid of, whatever you want to call it the FBI, the IRS, and the CDC. And I did say, look, I understand we need governing, but we need governing for the people, not a corrupt governing that works for politicians. I agree with you. And, and my whole point is many people find those plans to be, sometimes the word they'll use is extreme. I actually find those plans to be far more practical than the extreme reality we have today where the bureaucrats who were never elected exercise more political authority than the people who we actually elect to run the government. So my dream is a simple one for this country. The people who we elect to run the government, from the president to the congressman, 
should be the ones who actually run the government, not the people who we never elected in the first place. That's the way this was supposed to work. And that's not a Republican idea or a Democratic idea. That is a 1776 idea. And that's what I want to restore in this country. As president, now I'm, I'm pretty practical. I call it, I look beyond my nose. As president, is yeah. it possible to gut those agencies, the FBI, the IRS, or is it possible to rid itself, expose corruption, rid itself of the corruption and try to move forward with a less corrupt system? So, so like you, I'm also a pragmatist. And these bureaucracies are so vast, so large, and they've existed for so long that I don't believe it is practical to reform them. I do believe it is practical to shut them down. And so last night at a speech I gave in New Hampshire, I laid out for the first three of these agencies exactly how we'll do it. Even though I've said we'll shut down the FBI, that's one unit. We'll move some of the people to the U.S. Marshals, which is actually doing a lot of good work today without being politicized. We'll move some of the people to the Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA, to look after the drug cases. We'll move some people into the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, which sits under the Department of Treasury. So there's about 35,000 employees. 15,000 of them are agents or intelligence officers. In my plan, we're keeping those 15,000, but we're moving them to places where they'll have more specialization. And then the 20,000 excess bloat back office functions that we're going to cut and give the money back to the taxpayers. So I think actually my plans here are exceedingly practical, far more practical than making a declaration saying that we're going to somehow reform this beast, which has long existed in the J. Edgar Hoover building of the FBI that hasn't been touched by a politically accountable actor. I hope that makes sense. No, it absolutely makes sense. I saw your flow chart on the different agencies, yeah. and I, and I got to tell you, it's impossible to manage based on what I saw you put out there. It's impossible to manage. This is exactly why I've said certain of those boxes just need to be collapsed and shut down. I come at this yeah. as an outsider. I've been a CEO. My view is if somebody reports to you and you can't fire them, that means they don't work for you. It means you work for them because you're responsible for what they do without having any authority to actually change it. And I think that's a problem. But I refuse to run the executive branch of the federal government that way. That's the way most presidents have done it. I refuse to do it that way. And so one of the things I've done is I've actually studied the law carefully. Yes, I've been a CEO, but I've also gone to Yale Law School. I've taken the advice of a lot of my former law professors who are experts in the world on the administrative state. And it turns out that what has stopped most Republican presidents is the traditional view that there are civil service protections that stop you from firing these individuals. Well, if you read the law carefully, those only apply to individual firings because the purpose was to say, we didn't want a president playing politics and firing somebody who he didn't like. But the civil service protections, they do not apply to mass layoffs. And mass layoffs are absolutely what I will be bringing in 2025 to the federal government at a large scale. And so I think it takes an understanding of the law, but combined with somebody who's an actual outsider, who's been an executive to get that job done. And, you know, we'll top that off. I'm 37 years old. I'd be the youngest president ever elected. If I'm elected, I have fresh legs and the energy to see this through as well. 
That's how we actually end the bureaucracy and move beyond left-wing and right-wing issues to the real issue of the managerial class that is crushing the will of citizens across this country. Well, well, to that point, you know, what is your reaction to the IRS whistleblower on how the Biden administration has failed really all of us? My reaction is that when you have bureaucracies that become so vast that they're unmanageable, corruption becomes inevitable. Bureaucracy and politicization without political accountability is really a formula for threatening individual liberty. And so, yes, this was alarming, but unfortunately, it is not surprising because this was the same IRS that not long ago we saw penalizing the audits that it weaponized against conservative 501c3s versus ones that had liberal bents under President Obama, under President Obama as well, under the TARP program for voices on Wall Street that did not approve of some of the steps they were taking, saying that they would threaten them in the form of audits. This is not how the system is supposed to work. And yet, when you have a bureaucracy that becomes so unwieldy without any political accountability, any accountability whatsoever, this is predictable. And so, yes, is there a problem with President Biden and Hunter Biden and their corruption? Sure. But I'm going to the root cause. How do we actually end that deep state in the first place? And I think I'm the only person in either party that's offered a clear plan, a clear vision of how to actually get that done. I give Trump credit for identifying that problem. But if you roll that log over and see what crawls out, you better be willing to bring the pesticide. That's what I'm bringing to the table. Why we, we, Trump made a big deal about cleaning out the swamp. A lot of people are now coming back at him. Hey, you didn't clean out the swamp. How practical is it to clean out the swamp? I think it is practical. It is daunting. I'm building on the foundation of our learnings over the last eight years. But I think it takes a rare combination of somebody who's not just a legal academic, has the knowledge of a legal academic about the Constitution and about the laws, because all the advisors in Washington, D.C. will tell you all the reasons you can't do it. So it does take someone with deep knowledge, but also someone who has spine in actually getting things done. And so President Trump brought the outsider mentality. A lot of the insiders in D.C. know or think they know some of the laws. It takes a unique combination of both to see this through. So is that going to be easy? No, it's not. But is it possible? Absolutely it is. And that is my top domestic policy priority, is to shut down the deep state, restore the integrity of a constitutional republic that we fought to create in 1776. And here's the easy secret of this. That is also how we stimulate the economy. Our economy is now growing at less than 1.5% annualized GDP growth. We've grown at over 4% for most of our national history. A big part of how we get back to 4 or 5% is lifting up the wet blanket of regulations that come from not Congress, but come from that deep state. So there's a lot that goes together here from my economic vision to my vision for reviving our republic, to national pride in the next generation, to ending wokeness in the military, to ending the politicization and weaponization of the FBI and the IRS. These aren't separate concerns. They come back to the same root cause of the deep state, the bureaucratic administrative class itself. And my view is that if you elect me to run the executive branch of the government, I will be the one who actually runs the executive branch of the government. And when I leave office in January of 2033, I will proudly tell the people of this country that once again in the United States of America, we have 
three co-equal branches of government, not four. And George Washington and Alexander Hamilton will no longer be rolling over in their graves. They will be resting in peace. J. Edgar Hoover might be rolling over in his grave, but our founding <laughs> fathers will again be satisfied with the country that we have. You've been very, very clear and very critical of the two tiers of justice in this country, one for Biden, one for Trump, one for Antifa and BLM, uh, and the other for peaceful protesters on January 6th. How are you going to go about helping that straighten out? Well, the first thing I can do, and I've committed to do it on day one, is to pardon anyone who has been a victim of a politically motivated prosecution in the last five years. Actually, even going further back than five years for many people on my pardon list. How do I define that? If someone was prosecuted, but a different individual under different political circumstances who did the same thing was not prosecuted for the same violation, that to me is good evidence of a politically motivated prosecution. So whether it was peaceful January 6th protesters or any protester who was denied due process, whether it's Julian Assange who sits in a foreign exile prison while Chelsea Manning, the transgender individual who was a government employee who leaked files to him, had her sentence commuted by President Obama, Julian Assange sits in a foreign prison. Whether it is Ross Ulbricht, whether it is Douglas Mackey, I'll go down the list and we have a list. On day one, I said I would issue that list of pardons. And that sets the tone going forward that we have, once again in this country, one rule of law, one standard of justice, regardless of the color of your skin, and yes, also regardless of your political beliefs. That is the true American system. That is equality, liberty, and justice. That is the American way. You know, one of the reasons that I believe you is because of the video that we showed. Instead of just becoming, you know, chaotic with a woman, it's a, it's a broader picture. I think people are dying for some common sense. I think people are tired of whether it is Trump going at or reading about Biden, whatever it is, I, I think people just want somebody to explain. So let me ask you another issue that is on people's mind. What will you do about the border? So I think this is, again, a very simple, practical reality that building the wall was not enough. There are now tunnels that have been built by drug cartels running underneath that border. That's how most fentanyl enters this country. And fentanyl is killing 200 Americans per day, and it turns out it doesn't discriminate whether you're black or white or Democrat or Republican. It comes for you equally. Same thing with respect to the human trafficking problem, which is unconscionable. Not to mention the breakage of law with 10 to 14,000 illegal migrants now crossing per day. So what I've said is building the wall is not enough, and it hasn't been sufficiently effective. I will use the U.S. military, not to protect somebody else's border somewhere else, but to secure our own southern border, and as necessary, our northern border too. That's how you end the migrant crisis. That's how you end the fentanyl crisis. That's how you restore the rule of law. To say that if you're like my parents, you do get to come to this country legally through the front door, follow the rules, make contributions to this country on the other side. That's a good thing, in my opinion. But I think that that's a very different issue than the illegal migration that we're seeing at the southern border. And I'll put an end to it by using the military to do it, by ending foreign aid to the countries that are looking the other direction from Mexico to Central American countries that aren't doing enough on their own right. I'll stop sending federal funding to sanctuary cities that provide incentives for people to cross. And I'm not saying the people who are crossing are bad people. 
They're responding to incentives created by the Biden administration that's given them a wink and a nod and say, come on over. I reject that. I think we have to stand for the rule of law in this country. And that's exactly how I'll do it. A lot of people telling me they don't understand why so much of our tax dollars are going to the Ukraine. I feel as if it is a repayment for bribes. That's kind of how I look at it, but I may be a little I've cynical said that as well. on that. No, I've seems- said that as well. Do you really? Go yeah, ahead. I've said that as well. I mean, I think that this was otherwise inexplicable. We have no national interest at issue in Ukraine. Taiwan is different. They make our global semiconductors. But in Ukraine's case, we have more than fulfilled our obligations to the Budapest Memorandum in 1994. And in fact, NATO has expanded far more after the fall of the USSR than it did ever during the USSR's existence. And now there's a conversation about whether Ukraine will ever be admitted to NATO when, in fact, Putin demanded a hard commitment that NATO not admit Ukraine before he made the decision to invade Ukraine. And so I think that if you look at the historical facts, you know these facts as well as I do. The Hunter Biden laptop story, what did it contain? The story that was suppressed systematically by Internet companies and media on the eve of a presidential election in 2020. What did that laptop actually contain? It turns out it was really relevant. A Ukrainian private company owner and Burisma, that was an owner that sat on their national security board. So this is deeply tied into the government of Ukraine, paid $5 million to the vice president, Joe Biden's son. Now the U.S. president sending $200 billion of taxpayer aid and military support to that same nation in a way that's otherwise inexplicable. Think about Occam's razor. Use the simplest possible explanation you can, and then it starts to actually make more sense. Again, it seems just like common sense to me, but hey, censorship has become a big issue. Censorship of American citizens is like at the core of us. What do we do about that? How did we get here? Well, I think the way we got here is because of a culture of fear in our country. And when you have people who are fearful in a culture, you then accept almost anything the government or the people who are in charge will do. So the kind of censorship that happens today is different than what they imagined in 1776. The kind of censorship that happens today is more devious. The government is using private companies to do through the back door what government could not do through the front door under the Constitution. What does that mean? They're silencing speech using social media companies or internet companies who they're pressuring and saying, hey, you got to go silence that individual who's critical of the White House's COVID policies. I'm not making this up. Alex Berenson is one individual who was critical of White House policies on COVID-19. The White House was then asking Twitter specifically in meetings at the White House, why isn't this individual's social media account more closely watched or shut down? Later, they go back and shut it down. So the government is using a combination of carrots and sticks to get private companies to do their dirty work through the back door. I argue that's still a constitutional violation. So one of the things I've said is that as U.S. president, I will require that any bureaucrat or federal employee that has pressured or coordinated with a private actor to do what the government could not do, we will publish it. Call it the state action files. We will publish it. Bring sunlight as a disinfectant. I've also said that if these tech companies want to benefit from government immunity in the form of Section 230C2 that protects them from state liability for taking down content that's constitutionally protected, 
that they are then bound by the same standards as the federal government itself. You can't have it both ways. You don't get special immunity from the federal government, fine, you're, decide, you're free to decide what you do and don't take down. But if you get this federal blanket of immunity, then you're bound by the same standards as the federal government itself. Again, a common sense solution. But these are complex times, and I think it takes a leader who sees through the complexity to get back to the simple solutions that we need. I'm, I'm so enjoying this conversation. I'm actually heading to Iowa later today, so I'm heading straight from here to the airport, but I expect I'll talk over there again about some of the themes we're talking about here. Uh, I hope we can do this again. This has been a lot of fun. I can't, I got to get one more out of you. Transgender yep. athletes. You mentioned woke in the military. Uh, that's a big topic on our shows. My wife was a tremendous uh, athlete, a legend in the world of softball. Give me your thought. This is the dumbest question I'm ever going to ask anyone. All right. Give me your thoughts on what's a woman, what's a man and who's, who should be competing against who? I'll be really simple about this. There are two genders. That is the truth. If you have two X chromosomes, and female sex organs, you're a woman. If you have an X and a Y chromosome and you have male sex organs, you're a man, period. Now, does that mean we should look down on people who go through gender dysphoria? No, gender dysphoria is a mental health condition. And when kids think their biological sex is different than their gender, they're crying out for help. The compassionate thing to do is not to affirm their confusion. That is cruelty. And so I think we have to restore the truth. My view is then women's sports should be sacrosanct. I think Title IX already demands it. Women and men should not compete in the same sports. They should not be forced to go into shared locker rooms. They should not be forced to adopt a language that's really a tyranny, not of the majority, but a tyranny of the minority. And the same secular religion, the LGBTQIA plus movement now has become weaponized that said that the sex of the person you're attracted to is hardwired on the day you're born. That's how we got to gay rights. Now it says your own biological sex is completely fluid over the course of your life. You can't believe these two things at once. I think what's going on is this is really a symptom of a deeper hunger for purpose and meaning in our country. And so whether it's wokeism or transgenderism or climatism, even Ukrainism, these are secular religions that we're using to substitute for our deeper need for purpose and meaning. We wanna believe in something bigger than ourselves. Yet we can't even answer what it means to be an American. I'm telling you this as a millennial. I think this is what's happening to young people across the country. I see it. I understand it. And that's why I'm in this race to lead this country for eight years to restore that sense of purpose and meaning that dilutes these other agendas to irrelevance. And I am optimistic we can do it. It's not going to be easy. But I think if all of us do our part, I'm confident that we have a revival ahead of us. I appreciate your time. I know you're swamped. And thank your team for uh, for the help as well. And good luck, man. This was an absolute blast for me. I hope you'll come back. I will. I had a great time with you. I love your pragmatic and, and common sense approach. We're <laughs> headed to Iowa, but believe me, we're going to do this again. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Travel safely. There you go. You. Look, I just did common sense, man. I just take people that are going to sit there and tell you it's straight, tell you what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. Yeah, and then you got to go out and do it. But first, he's got to get elected, and he got my vote. I'll tell you that right now, at least what I've seen. He, has, he is sensational, and he's moving up the polls. And what a great get. Thank you to Aaron and, and, and uh, Dylan and Nick and Ryan and our entire team for getting that done. His press secretary followed me. 
on Twitter, and we got it done. One of the things that we're going to do, if you do want somebody on, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to shut the hell up because you want to hear from them. They're much smarter than me. That man has a Harvard degree, a Yale law degree. He's ran companies. He's been, he's done everything. He's been a money market manager, hedge fund manager. He's done, well, he's done everything, and he's a brilliant Brilliant man. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I get fired up when we have days like this. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk with Eric Coleman, former NFL defensive back. He is on the broadcast team of the JETS Jets, Jets, Jets. That's right. Looking forward to talking to Eric when we come back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Uh, Eric Coleman, former defensive back, and now with the Jets radio team, broadcast team. Hey, I got to ask you, because this just, it came yesterday. Rookie's going fast. Look, I get it. You give a young guy a car, he's going to go really fast. I mean, I had a 78 Duster that didn't go fast, but I asked a buddy to soup it up, and it went fast. You know, does people always want to blame other things? I blame the guy who drove the car. Are we supposed to blame the NFL in this and not educating? People don't go 140 and a 55, don't they? No, I mean, listen, you cannot blame this on the NFL. Uh, they do everything, anything and everything they can do to educate these players on what to, what to do and not to do uh, on and off the field. They have rookie readiness programs that teach them about finances, teach them about how to act, conduct yourself as a professional. Uh, and then there's always going to be the rookies that go out and do whatever they want to do. I mean, going 140 miles an hour down a residential street is crazy to, to most of us. But uh, for some reason, you know, I, I guess he had to get the rush and feel the adrenaline. But uh, thank God he didn't hurt anyone. Yeah. Hey, so far, you know, you're going to be there, but the the reaction and the play, I guess, of Aaron Rodgers, has this been all that people have thought? Is that the reports coming out of Jets camp? Yeah, everyone loves what Aaron Rodgers is bringing to the team. Um, you know, first of all, his play uh, and then his leadership. You know, he's was walking around in the offseason. He was quizzing guys walking down the hall, holding guys accountable. Uh, and then his play is just the next level. You know, the Jets as a team threw for 15 touchdowns last year. Aaron Rodgers had a, what they call an off year. He threw 26 touchdowns. So, uh, you know, I think if the Jets had 26 touchdowns from the quarterback position, they would be in a much better situation. Uh, but along with the star power they have, if they can stay healthy on that offensive line, I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers and, and this New York Jets team. When, when, when Rodgers shows up in the building, I'm always, you know, I, I think I know the answer to this, but when you have that kind of cachet, right, everybody kind of straightens up, don't they? I mean, everybody kind of has to reach a little higher level. Am I right about that? Absolutely. When, when, you, when you have a, a guy who is a you know, two-time MVP, Super Bowl champ, uh, who's one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best active quarterbacks uh, playing right now, uh, when, you, when he walks into the room as a defender, you want to be on point. You want to make sure that you're – on your P's and Q's because no one wants to let that guy down. You know, he's not, he doesn't have too many years left in the tank. So when a guy like that comes in your locker room and is on your team, you want to make sure that you're given anything and everything that you have uh, to make sure your team is successful. Uh, you know, one, you don't want to get called out, but two, you don't want to disappoint this guy because, uh, you know, you, you've been watching him your whole career. You've been watching the greatness and your just the level of expertise, your, your, your preparation has to be up, your conditioning has to be up. And, and you know, you just want to play at his level. 
Is this ultimately a good thing for Zach Wilson? Absolutely. You know, for, for Zach, he's probably the most comfortable guy at training camp right now. Uh, all the pressure is off him. He gets to sit back. He gets to learn from a, from a guy who's, who's done it at the highest level. Uh, and there's no pressure on him. You know, he can go make the throws now. He can go develop at, like he was supposed to. And I was a guy who, who was against throwing a rookie right into the fire. There, there's certain guys, there are outliers that some guys are ready to play. But even like Patrick Mahomes, he sat out for a year. Uh, you have Aaron Rodgers who sat out for several years and had to develop, had to learn the game. This game, the way defenses attack you is so complicated. And playing quarterback in New York is a different animal in itself. And if you can't handle the pressures of playing quarterback, you don't understand how these defenses are scheming you, how they're attacking you, uh, it, it's going to be a, a short career. And I think that this bringing Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is going to end up doing a lot, doing, doing much better for Zach Wilson's career. I think he'll develop into the player that the Jets hoped that he would be. Uh, Eric, what, what, what do people what, – what, what's the shelf life on Rodgers here? You know, and I say that because Zach Wilson will be sitting behind him. Is it two years, three years? What, what do Jets fans – or what do you expect? How many years? You know, I, I'm really optimistic, and, and I hope that he'll be here for two years. You know, two years, if it was three, then that's just some icing on the cake. Uh, but I don't think it's just going to be a one-and-done for Aaron Rodgers. I think he sees – uh, the potential in this team. I think he sees the youth, uh, how much talent that they have and how many young players that they have on this team. And I think year one, yes, I think they'll get over that hump and make it to the playoffs. But I think when you go into year two, you're going to have real Super Bowl aspirations for this team. And I believe if Aaron Rodgers can win a Super Bowl in New York after winning only one in Green Bay, I think that would do a lot for him personally and, and do a lot for his career. Why are players able to play longer? Why are quarterbacks in particular? Like, what is Rodgers, 39 years old, and no, nobody even talks about his freaking age. Like, the dude, <laughs> I, when I was a kid, there were fat dudes like Sonny Jurgensen and Billy Kilmer, and these dudes were throwing, and they looked like meat, right? Now <laughs> dudes are playing, and 39 doesn't even get discussed. Like, what are we well, doing here? How's this happening? Yeah, well, I mean, one, these guys are taking great care of their bodies. But, two, he's playing quarterback. So, yes, he gets sacked. He gets hit every once in a while. But, you know, a guy like me playing safety, I'm coming downhill, and there are fast collisions almost yeah. every play. And there's only so long that you, your body can hold up after that. Uh, you know, I was just having dinner with Curtis Martin the other day, and we were talking about how the end of his career, it was hard to just get out of bed, you know, because you just get hit from every single angle. But if you're playing quarterback, you're protected. Uh, they have rules against it. You don't get hit in practice, so you're able to play a little longer. Yeah, like I, I, I told, I was talking with a friend of mine. He's in the NFL. I go, I go to practice. I go, you guys don't do shit. You don't do nothing. <laughs> Quarterback stands around. Punters and kickers giggle. Everybody's on a knee, and then you got safeties and you got corners and you got wide receivers that are out there busting their ass. I go, everybody else just sits around. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're flying around. doesn't matter if it's pads, no pads. Uh, we're flying around. But I will say this. The kids nowadays, they have it so easy. Uh, they only have, I believe, 10 padded practices that they can have during training camp. Uh, when I was young, when I was a rookie, Herm Edwards had us in two-a-days, full pads for the first two weeks of practice. So every single day you were going to hit twice a day. It was miserable. And these kids nowadays have it good. 
Yeah, I mean, look, you're, all right, let's let's walk through that. So so people understand you hit in the morning or maybe, I don't know, and then you you what? You, you put a little ice on it, you get a little box lunch or a little cafeteria, <laughs> and then you got to go hitting again, and then you got to do it the next day. That's Absolutely. It was so hard to get out of bed. Uh, you know, knowing that, you know, I just got done hitting. I get back to my room at 1030 at night for meetings. I have to wake up at 8, put my pads back on, get taped up, and go out there and do it again. It was it was tough mentally to get over, but nowadays you can't even have two two practices a day. So you might have one practice. The next day you're going to have a walkthrough. Uh, it's it's you know listen, it protects the players, uh, but let, let's not act like uh, they're doing the same things that we all did back in the day. I did that in eighth grade football. I remember going, crap, this ain't no fun. I want to be at basketball where it's inside. It's not a thousand degrees. Hey, I do want to ask you any thoughts on what transpired with Daniel Snyder uh, being forced to sell the commanders? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's been a long time coming uh, for, for that situation. Um, I think a lot of people from the organization, from around the league, have been ready for Daniel Snyder to step aside. Uh, But I I don't know what he had over the league where he was able to stay in that position. Uh, But, you know, all those reports now coming out uh, about the conduct that he he did during the team. And I'm sure that's just, uh, you know, the uh, small dose of it. He got fined $60 million. Uh, You don't get fined $60 million for doing nothing. So, you know, I'm glad that the Washington Commanders organization has moved on. The league will have a better owner uh, for for their Washington football team. And uh, I think it's going to help the game overall. And I'm not feeling bad for him. I mean, the dude's made billions. Do you know what kind of crime, what kind of white-collar crime you got to commit to get fined $60 million? I'm not even sure Madoff was fined $60 million. (laughs) Uh, Maybe he was. I, I don't know, man. 60 mil. Good for him. Yeah, that's like a slap on the wrist for him. Man. All right, E, thanks for coming on, my friend. Have a uh, travel safe. I know you're in a hotel. I know you're going to uh, to practice here in a couple of days. Thanks for the time, as always. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's Eric Coleman. Fantastic. You can give him a follow at Eric with a K, Coleman. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, we were talking about a rookie. It was first-round draft choice, Jordan Addison. He just met. Hey, look, you give young kids a car, what are you going to do? You give old men a car. I went out and bought a freaking Mustang. Why? Because I want to drive fast, a midlife crisis. So I got me a red convertible Mustang. I'm like, you know, when I got divorced, I'm like that guy, right? If I had hair, I would have put frosted tips on it or something. But I'm that guy. I went and bought a Mustang, a little drop top, and I was cruising. But I'm not going 140 miles an hour in anything. And I'm not going 140 miles an hour in a 55. I guess I'm not going 140 miles an hour in a 70. In some places, there is actually 75 mile an hour speed limits. The only place that I would go 140 miles an hour is possibly between Scotts Bluff Airport in Nebraska and Kimball, Nebraska. I flew in on a recruiting trip to Scotts Bluff Airport to recruit a kid named Brent Clawson, a.k.a. Cowboy, all right? So I fly in. It smells like crap, literal manure. And I go, I don't even know where I'm going, but I'm going to get to Kimball, Nebraska, size of the town, my head. And there is no speed limit 
There are no gas stations. There ain't nothing. And it ain't flat, which I thought Nebraska had to be flat. It was not flat, so I maybe wouldn't go 140 miles an hour. But it's the only place I've ever been where there's no speed limit, nothing. I think I saw dead bones on the side of the road when I got there. I think. I'm not certain. But anyway, long story short, Jordan Addison, you go, man. You go. 140. Ugh. Hey, Vanna White, you get what you deserve, girlfriend. She's asking for over $7 million to turn letters on TV. Now, I don't know if you know this, but basically what happens is you work about, I don't know, three or four months. They film like three shows a day, and that covers the year. It's something like that. So Vanna White is just doing what running backs need to get used to. She's asking for market value. She's trying to get paid after not being paid for all these years. She's trying to get paid $7.5 million to flip it on. That's right. She is demanding. Vanna White is saying, hey, look, you can't get anybody else to flip these vowels, to flip these consonants, to flip these switches. You can't get nobody. That is as good as me. Well, Vanna... I got to tell you, if I'm the HMFIC, I'm going, Vanna, I love you. I do. I love you. But I may just put some young lady, some TikTok star, in a tight little dress that's in her 20s, and we may revitalize this show. Pat Zajac's going to be out. It might be a nice time for you to vamos a ver. It might just be, Vanna. I'm not saying it is. And I'm not saying that that wouldn't be a difficult thing to do, but let's be honest, it's skin to win, baby. You can lie and say it isn't, but all I know is all these little girls uh, that are college athletes are taking off their clothes and getting big scratchola because dudes are watching. All I know is OnlyFans is a really, 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 really big deal in this country. It is. What do you mean to tell you? And then when Bud Light went away from that and talked about fratty, look at that stock. Stop it. Vanna, I, there are, and I would, I would do this. If I were the Wheel of Fortune, I'd have Asian, I'd have Puerto Rican, I'd have Serbian, I'd have African American, I'd have white, I'd have a different girl every day. I'd have a different girl every day. Hell, I might even have a lesbian, I might throw some transgender in there. I'd just do it every day, but everybody's going to be in a tight skirt. That's what made Vanna famous in the first place. Let's talk real here. Vanna wasn't famous because, well, you know. Vanna puts her hand on the outside and spins that square around better than anybody. Child, please. Vanna was, still is, hot on hot. And she was in a gown every night. She was. I know I'm going long on Vanna White, but this is something that means something to society. She's been on TV longer than anybody. She's on longer than Tucker Carlson. She was on longer than Bill O'Reilly. I think she's on longer than Hannity. I mean, don't even try it with me. I'm just telling you what I would do. That's what I would do. Vanna, love you. We've paid you a lot over the years. We don't feel like you owe us anything. Uh, Susie 
And every other, here's a list of outfits. Try one on. We're going to have, that's what I'd do. I'd make the dude that hosts the show incredibly good looking. I might make him a Chipperdale dancer. I don't know. I'm serious. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Joe Biden is using lower stairs and sneakers now. That's right. He's wearing sneakers so he doesn't fall walking up the stairs. So to get on Air Force One, Joe Biden, and this is smart. Why wouldn't you do this? Why are you making this old clown have to walk up those red stairs? Get rid of the military guy, too, because he forgets to salute half the time. Hell, he forgets what he had for breakfast half the time. He forgets where he is half the time. He forgets where to leave a stage half the time. So clean it up for him. Clean it up for the man. That's right. Clean it up. Do yourself a favor, Joe Biden. Get yourself one of those, uh, what do they call them? Those chairs that you sit on and it takes you up a ramp. Whatever the hell those chairs are, you just sit there and it takes you up sideways. You buckle yourself in to get up an Air Force One. I mean, you're not fooling anybody. We know you can't get up the damn things without falling down. We know you can't walk across a stage without tripping over cables. We know you don't know where you're going after a speech. I got old man face right there. Old man is this. That's old man. Whenever I go like this, that means I'm either saying, what? Or old man, one of the two. But Joe and Joe Biden, we're doing accommodations. That's right. And we should do accommodations for Joe and Joe Biden. I mean, what the hell? It's embarrassing when the president of the country, the leader of the free world, the most powerful man in said world, I don't know, <laughs> fall up the stairs. Hey, I mentioned Ocho Cinco earlier, and Boomer Esiason, both of them, are joining, ladies and gentlemen, are joining the Ring of Honor. I'm not going to make fun of this. Sterling Marti has gone all Scotty Pippen on it. He is on the (laughs) IR because of migraines. Hey, look, if you've ever had migraines, you know it is a mother. It's a mother's mother. It's a mother Hubbard's mother. It ain't no fun. It ain't nothing to be made fun of. Sterling Marte, I hope you get much better. I do. I do. Uh, FIFA president is telling us it's the right thing to do. It's it's the right thing. What's the right thing? Uh, It's the right thing to do buy tickets to the Women's World Cup. It's the right thing. It is? Really? Huh. I don't know. I think the right thing to do is act in an honorable way. I think the right thing to do if I'm FIFA is to not get bribes involved with where the World Cup goes. See, I have a problem with organizations that are constantly in scandal telling me what to do. I just do. I'm sorry I do. I have a problem with FIFA telling me anything when it comes to any type morality. I just do. You know, good for FIFA Yay, Rock, go fight, win. I get it. This is what you're doing. Okay. But the truth of the matter is don't tell me based on morality. Don't tell me it's the right thing to do. The right thing to do is go play with your kids. The right thing to do is love your wife. The right thing to do is not cheat on your wife. The right thing to do is not cheat on your taxes. The right thing to do is to go to church once in a while. It has nothing, zero, zip, nada to do at all, at all. 
with buying World Cup tickets. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Marcus Mariota say that most quarterbacks would agree that Kirk Cousins, ladies and gentlemen, Kirk Cousins is the most underrated quarterback out there. About that. We got some audio on that. We got some audio on those guys talking. I think we do. I think this guy right here is. <laughs> I mean, like. I paid him to say yeah. that. <laughs> no, I mean, if you look at Kirk over here, man. Wins every year, puts up great stats. Did it in Washington, does it in Minnesota. Talk to any other quarterbacks in the league, they're gonna say the same thing. I agree with that. I've been in a few systems and a few coaches, and a lot of the tape that we'd watched was of Kirk. A guy consistently, year in and year out, continues to prove why he is one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I don't know how to follow that up. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you can be complimented by your peers, it beats any compliment coming from anybody else in your life, so that means a lot. I kind of always scratch my head at yeah, I mean, hey, if the quarterbacks say it, then guess what? I fun to say it. I don't know. I'm going to go stock up, stock down when we come back. I'm going to get a few more headlines. Last half hour of the show, we're going to have stock up, stock down, and we're going to have Haley coming on. Hey, uh, star running back, Quinshawn Judkins. Quinshawn Judkins is a Mississippi star, Ole Miss. He is worried about his value as a running back. So the reason I bring this up is because he should be. But here's the deal. If you are good enough to play in the NFL at a certain position, even one that's being undervalued like a running back, don't sweat it, baby. Do not sweat it at all. Not even a skosh. What you should be doing is understanding, hey, look, even the average is over a million five. Uh, you're going to make minimum a million eight, something like that. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, try doing that with your old Miss degree. I mean, maybe you could. I don't know, Quinshot. I He may be a brilliant dude that could go out and make tens of millions of dollars. I don't know, but I know this. A million ain't nothing to sneeze at when it is your, well, your strength. We all have to play to strengths. We all have to play to things that we do really well. And frankly, if being a running back is what you do really well and you can make a boat ton of money on it, I would do it. Yes, you should be concerned. Yes, it's not what it was 10, 15 years ago. Hopefully for you guys, it comes back. Hopefully. I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. We don't know. But what we do know is this. It's still a lot of green. It's still enough green that you can live as well as you want to live. So don't sweat it, Quinshawn. Just do it. As the Nike commercial says, I just want to do it. That's right. Just freaking do it. Because I'm telling you, the real world is a mother. The real world is a pain, as my father used to say, and I cannot repeat it, a pain in the Yeah. That's what he used to say. Uh, let me go back to one thing that I find fascinating. All right. You know that company, Burisma? You know that company? The Ukrainian company? These dudes paid. And there's audio tapes. There's videotapes. These dudes paid not only Hunter Biden, but Joe Biden as well. And no one is saying squat. Donald Trump got impeached for questioning, for being on a phone call 
questioning the corruption in Ukraine. And everybody went nuts and impeached him. Now you've got a Senate hearing. Now you've got people saying, here it is. This is what happened. To the point where they're even getting personal and saying, hey, look, we thought Hunter Biden was stupid. We didn't think he was as smart as our dog, but to protect our interests, we've got to deal with this dumbass. They dealt with him, and now myself and, of course, smart people like Vivek Ramaswamy, he agrees this is all a payback of bribes, our money going to the Ukraine. There's a video out that shows actually Ukraine supermarket much better than the United States supermarket. But aren't they in a war? (sighs) I'm telling you right now, I'm not an advocate of not paying taxes, but son of a biscuit maker, it's hard to pay taxes when you see where it's going. All right, we come back. I got stock up and stock down and I'm on one today. I'm on one. Hey, by the way, Brian Harmon went wacko today. He is now 10 under. Fleetwood is only on the second hole. He's second. Uh, the kid that was leading yesterday, the 6'8 kid, he's not on the first page of the leaderboard. Kind of expected, but hey, Ricky Fowler is going to move to two under. He's one under right now. He's putting. It's almost, and he made it, so he stays at one over. The projected cut is plus two, so our guy Gary Woodland will make the cut as projected right now. He's plus two. All right, we'll be right back. Stock up, stock down. Throwback jerseys, ladies and gentlemen. Do you like them? Be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Hey, I got to talk to you. It is stock up and stock down time, uh, and I got a stock down that I don't know. Tommy Fleetwood, ladies and gentlemen, we love Tommy Fleetwood. Why do we love Tommy Fleetwood? Because Tommy Fleetwood is just kind of cool. I mean, I don't know. He kind of walks around. He's a little guy. He hits the ball 3,722 miles, and he just seems cool. Right now, he's five under. He's played two holes in the second round. He was at the, in the lead at five under until... Uh, Brian Harmon went just stupid, and now Brian Harmon is 10 under, leading the Open. But we like Tommy Fleetwood to the point where Dylan bets on him every single tournament. Tommy Fleetwood just looks cool. He doesn't seem to bother nobody. He goes about his business. He doesn't worry. He just seems like a bad mamma jamma. And I'm all in on Tommy Fleetwood. Stock up to you, T. Fleetwood. Throwback jerseys are all the rage. And I'm not mad about it. I know the deal. I understand the NFL and their throwback jerseys. I know what you're saying. Hey, Dan, come on, man. You know they're just doing this because, well, frankly, they want you to buy more merchandise. They want you to buy different merchandise. It's why the camo comes in in the middle. It's why the different slogans. It's why the NBA teams put the city on a jersey. It's why guys switch numbers. They want you to buy a variety of things and not get tired. I bought a LeBron. I did not. I'm saying this is an example. I bought a LeBron James's jersey, uh, number six. Well, he's changing to 23. Why? So now you can buy a LeBron James 23 jersey because you got bored and you're not buying the number six because everybody already has one. That's it. 
The Colts went with an all-blue jersey. The Colts all-blue jersey, I don't know if it looks good or not. If you're a Colts fan, you're going to say, man, those things are sweet. If you're not a Colts fan, you're going to say, I don't know. I don't know what these are. These look the same to me. I have no idea. Like, look, I, I get it, though, and I'm not mad at it. I'm not. But I do like this, and I do think most of you will agree with me. I do. Uh, I, I, I need. I need Cam Smith to make some putts. But anyway, I digress. I think throwback jerseys are fine, but I don't get all that shot in the backside with them. The Biden crime family is getting exposed, and our friend Emma Joe Morris, look her up. She ain't afraid. She went in front of Congress yesterday and just bitch slapped the entire Congress, the entire media, everybody. And she did it laughingly. She did it like, well, so matter of fact that you went, yeah, you go, Emma Joe. Emma Joe Morris, friend of the show. But the Biden crime family in Burisma and other places is starting to be exposed. Actually, the IRS whistleblower was on CBS News. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. How can we possibly believe that that's happening? That never, ever, ever happens. Didn't see that one coming. And you're not going to see this one coming. Total blackout when it came to yesterday's news of payments. Yesterday's news of, well, quite frankly, Hunter Biden has been dealing dirty with an energy company in the Ukraine that thinks he's a complete idiot. And I got to believe if you deal with Hunter Biden more than, oh, I don't know, one or two times, I believe that everybody's got to believe that Hunter Biden is a complete idiot, wouldn't you think? I mean, you don't do that much coke. You don't do things like film yourself going a million miles an hour, a needle in your arm, pass it. You don't do that. You don't film yourself unless you are a complete idiot. But the truth of the matter is this. The truth of the matter is that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden are America's crime family. And slowly but surely, it's creeping out. And Joe Biden can say, hey, man. And Joe Biden can say all the stuff that Joe Biden wants to say. But the fact of the matter is, he is a criminal. His family are criminals. And it's starting to come out. Stock up Joe Biden getting exposed. Stock up to Emma Joe Morris doing the exposing of not only Hunter Biden, not only Joe Biden, but of the media that so easily with 50 or 51 experts discredited her story on the Biden laptop. It's unbelievable, really. How do you discredit a story? Well, I know how you discredit a story. I'll tell you, you discredit a story because you want to influence the election. And that's exactly what happened. Discredit a story, get 50 slaps out there to discredit an election. And guess what? It worked. Of course it worked. You don't do it if it's not important. The only people that ever did something, I'll make sure I'm right about this, in politics, so stupid, and it wasn't important, was Watergate. Mondale was going to lose by a 1,000 to Nixon. It wasn't even going to be close. It was like, what? Wait. You guys didn't have to cheat. You didn't have to go in there and spy. You didn't have to do anything. Nothing. Zip. Zero. But you did. You decided that you did. And guess what? You got fired. You got disgraced. 
you're out of a job, and you didn't need to do it. Most things that are done, I got to tell you, are done for a reason. Most things that are done are done because you need the help. You just kind of need the help. You need, you need the help. You got to have the help. You got to have, I got to, I got to. Oh, those White House plumbers. All right. Stock down. CMTV. What are you doing? Why? You know what? You actually helped Jason Aldean. You actually helped Jason Aldean because Jason Aldean's record, try this in a small town, has gone through the roof. We heard Vivek Wamaswamy talk about it. We've heard him say, hey, look, I came into it and I left in it. And country music TV is gotten away from its roots because country music, frankly, is all about small town. Most country music singers are where? Basically from small town. I know there's a Nashville influence. I understand. I do. But the fact of the matter is country music TV dropped the ball. They thought that talking down about riots, making fun of peaceful protests was bad. How is that bad? I'll tell you this. Remember what Indianapolis was and go see what Indianapolis is after these, quote, peaceful protests. We had idiots storm our city. We had idiots burn our city. And we had bigger idiots, maybe possibly drunken idiots, that run our city, not doing a damn thing about it, and we haven't recovered yet. Not once. But try that in a small town is bad, right? Try that in a small town uh, incites violence. No, it doesn't. It stops violence. It talks about personal accountability and standing up for yourself. See Ottawa Lakes, Michigan, which I talked about the other day. Gun store was going to come under attack. Antifa coming up. They read in, in a nap or in a, on somewhere, dark web. I don't even know. So what the fellas do? They circled the store, said, we dare you. Come on and get it. Guess what happened? They left. Crown Point, Indiana. Word on the street. We're going to riot. We're going to burn. We're going to tear down. Guess what? The fellas put a dip in. They got themselves a gun. They didn't do anything. They just stood on the street. They just stood on the street and said, what you going to do? And what did they do? They left. That's what small towns do. Big cities where you think you got to pander. And Joe Hogsett, the mayor of Indianapolis, thought he had to pander. What did he do? He got hammered, allegedly, and let the police just stand aside and watch our city burn. And it hasn't recovered. And this is how dumb we are. This guy Hogsett's going to get reelected. You mark my words. This idiot will get reelected because Indianapolis has no sense. And pandering in politics works. Uh, we talked about Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison, look, I, I don't know you. I don't like you. But doesn't anybody learn anything from anybody else? I've told you this. The answer is no. Remember I told you Magic Johnson gets AIDS from allegedly, now we know different, but allegedly just having sex with too many women. Uh-huh. Sure he did. Me too. Uh-huh. Anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, so people thought, well, pros aren't going to have indiscriminate sex anymore. Yeah, that lasted, oh, let me see, a day. So Jordan Addison is some stud wide receiver. Remember this dude was at Pittsburgh. And then he gets an NIL deal and he heads out to USC. And again, he went to the meeting of idiot wide receivers. 
idiot wide receiver meeting is being held on campus. So this idiot decides, I'm going to drive 140 miles an hour. Yeah, I am. I am. In a 55. Well, Harry Ruggs tried that. Henry Ruggs tried that. Excuse me. He tried that in Vegas. Now, Henry Ruggs is in jail for a while because he killed someone. And more than jail, I don't know if any of these guys have consciences or not. I don't know if I had a conscious at 22, 23 years old. I don't know. But you got to live with killing somebody. That's what you got to live with the rest of your life. So you dumbass Jordan Addison, you got saved in a way. You did. You got saved because you didn't kill anybody. All you're looked upon is a dumbass by old guys like me, probably looked at as cool by younger guys, but you got lucky you didn't end up like Henry Ruggs. Hey, Jordan Poole's dad, how about we just shut up? You know, the funny thing to me is we get, man, I'm a grown-ass man. I'm a grown-ass man. You are? Oh, okay. Really? Then why is your dad out here fighting your battles? I, I don't know the answer to that. Jordan Poole, for those of you that don't remember, got punched by Draymond Green. And really, let's be honest, Draymond Green should have gone to jail. Draymond Green didn't go to jail because, well, we have different standards of justice for people. If you punch somebody in your workplace, chances are, Lee, you're going to go to jail. Would you agree? Like, if you went to Athleta and one of the ladies just pissed you off and you just dropped her like a bad habit. I'm getting handcuffed. You're going to, you're getting handcuffed? Really? (laughs) I'm in on that action. Hey. Uh, Yeah, she's going to jail. No, not Draymond Green. Not Draymond Green. Draymond Green, he gets to be a hero. He gets to explain. Oh, I was triggered. Hey, listen. Next time one of you guys gets in a fight in a bar and you're sitting in the back seat of the sheriff's car, tell him what Draymond Green told him. Man, this is about men. And I got triggered. Yeah? All right. Okay. Uh, Yeah. If that's what you're going to tell me, then that's what you're going to tell me. But I think we should all try that. I think we should all try the Draymond Green. I got triggered, man. I did. I got triggered. Uh, my accent, by the way, what I should, I, is more about uh, athletes than anything else. So don't even try it. That's my dumb jock accent. It always has been. Anyway, Jordan Poole, I stand, uh, Anthony Poole, I stand on this. I stand on this. That is some BS. JP was his guy, and he avoided me all last year. He is soft as biatch, and I'm standing on this, and he didn't apologize to me and my wife. So he lame and me and him can meet anytime he want. Draymond Green, that's so cute. It's impossible to avoid you an arena, impossible to avoid you an arena for a year, champ. Uh, I got get my family from that family room every game. Stop using those words. They usually don't go over well amongst men. These aren't men. These are children. These aren't men. These aren't adult men. These are children. Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole's a child. He's not an adult man. He's not. And Anthony Poole, you're a dad. You're not the guy. It is between your son and Draymond Green. It got nothing to do with you unless, of course, you're trying to get in that bag like John Morant's dad. I mean, just let – I'm a man. Every athlete I hear, except for women, I'm a man. You ain't no man if your daddy's got to sit there and fight for you. Just stop it, stupid. Gives me a headache. It just gives me a headache. It does. It gives me a headache, and I'm tired of it. 
I don't want to hear it. You know who doesn't give me a headache? You know who makes my day wonderful? You know who makes my day splendid? It is Haley. It is Friday. It is, what time? Hell, I don't even know. 1045. It is the uber-talented, the uber-lovely Haley Caronia. (sighs) What up, girlfriend? How are you? Thanks for that lovely introduction. Is that you feeding dolphins? Did I just see you feeding dolphins on a trip? Not me, but that is a hint right. for one of the competition videos later. But I have one video for you first before we get started. This is just, it's a funny joke and it's a um, a commentary on what we've been seeing lately where we're just supposed to accept anyone and everything no matter what. So a lot of people nowadays are saying that if you're a straight person, you are transphobic if you don't um, want to date trans people. To which I say, I'm a woman, I'm attracted to men. Um, I will never be attracted to a man trying to be a woman or a woman trying to be a man. I just want a man who wants to be a man. So we're, we're seeing this trend now where we just have to accept everyone. And not only do we have to accept them, we have to be attracted to them too. Because if we're not, you're racist, you're homophobic, or you're some other word. So with without further ado, here's, here's the video. I'm a fit sexual. That means I'm only attracted to girls who are fit. There's just something about out of shape women that I'm not really attracted to. I know that larger body types are the new beauty standard, but some of us are just born different. I've been ostracized and called hurtful names just for my sexual preferences. For some reason, people really don't like it when I express my sexuality. With current health trends, our community, is struggling. 70% of Americans are now either overweight or obese. Our dating pool is going extinct. It's tough for us fit sexuals, especially in certain parts of the country, which is why I've decided to move to Colorado, the first state to legalize fit sexuality, a place where it's okay to be fit. Us fit sexuals have a saying, if her BMI is under 25, she's medically healthy. I want to change one letter. I want to change one vowel. From, what is it, a fit sexuality? I want to say fat sexuality. I want to put me in there. That's what I am. I'm a fat sexual. (laughs) Dan, it's not true. But it's funny to hear. um, Obviously, he's making a joke of this whole thing, but art imitates life. And I feel like nowadays we're living in a clown world where we're supposed to think that fat people are not only healthy, but also beautiful. Um, So obviously just rejecting reality here, the world has been turned upside down. But as you know, there are such slippery slopes and the slope is getting even slippier, slippier, slipperier. um, Slipperier. People are saying um, we should now um, accept pedophiles liking children as a preference. That's just their sexual preference. Now there's a push to add, you know, another color or another letter or whatever to their ever-growing acronym flag um, for minor attracted persons. Like now this, it's not even funny at this point. It's just getting crazy. And we have to call it out because like we can make jokes about it, but at the same time, like this is getting really serious. 
There's no question about it. I mean, the whole, you know, it is it is one thing. Like, let's just be honest. In my opinion, you have to take kids out of the equation. I mean, kids are untouchable. Kids shouldn't be sexualized. Kids should be kids. Now, whatever your definition of a child is, I don't care. But it's got to be at least 16 years old or above. I mean, it's just that that's just it's insane to me. Uh, you know, people say, well, brains aren't formed till they're 25, maybe 18. I don't know, but I know that kids need to be out of the equation. I will also say this. I don't give a rat's ass what people try to tell me. If you like biggins, good. If you like skinny dudes, good. If you like, like, hey, look, uh, some women are digging on, uh, Robert De Niro in their thirties and he's like 110. Some dudes are, I mean, at that, you know, I hear, Love is love, and that's great, but you got to take kids out of it. Kids are not negotiable in this conversation, period. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if love is, if love, is love um, is true and we're just supposed to, you know, accept everyone, then why aren't we accepted for just being normal and wanting to date normal people? I mean, I'm sure there are women out there who are very young who want to date Robert De Niro. Couldn't be me. But I mean, I can respect that because um, the woman is of legal age. So, okay. I mean, I think it's weird. I don't agree with it. But at the same time, like, as long as it's legal, then love is love. Yeah. And and, and any move, in my opinion, to make um, kids legal should be not only struck down, but whomever is trying to do this uh, should be thrown in jail. That's just my I opinion. Think, now, people, I don't think I don't think that there's an effort to make it legal, but I think that there's an effort within these radical leftist groups that want to um, have per, some kind of like a protection where it's like, oh well, that's just their. It's not a crime if you're not acting on it. So it's if. if if you're attracted to children, that sh- that preference should be respected. To which I say, go to hell. No. But um, go to hell. I don't. I don't think that there's um, an an effort to make it legal. But just to be clear. Okay, well, I'm with you. Go to hell is very clear. That's as clear as you can make it. Hey, look, uh, go to hell. And if that makes me phobic, I am proud to be phobic. On that Agreed. issue. Proud. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. On a lighter yeah. note, we yeah. do have some fun videos for you so we can queue up the first one. What is that? Just wait. Wait for it, Dan. You're not going to even know what's coming next. Oh, no, no, no. 
Chaos. <laughs> what? Close the damn door. That had to be Ryan's. That was Ryan's. How'd you Don't know? Tell me. <laughs> I know. I, I read people pretty good. I read people all right. I do. That, all right. That video, What's, though, <laughs> that video is such chaos. And it's so funny to me because her dog's trying to warn her that there's like a hawk or something <laughs> in her apartment. And she's like, cushy, like, shut up. <laughs> hawk's right there. She like, jumps up there's water all over her laptop i'm like sitting there like watching this whole thing i can't believe she's she was filming it um but here's the next one this Whoa. one just crushes me. it crushes me look at this wow. this video it it's it's sad when you think about um, how heavy seals are. Seals are like 700 pounds. So I don't know why she thought that she could put this seal um, back in this barrier when obviously it had decided to become John Sela and just absolutely crush her from the top <laughs> ropes. But she's trying to push it back in and uh, she gets, she hops right back up. And I don't know if this is like a, I had to do some research for this one because I needed to find out how heavy seals are. Males can be like 700, 800 pounds. Females are like 350, 400. Still like probably three, five, six times the size that she is or weight that she is. And she just absolutely took it like a champ, hopped right back up and pet the seal like it was no big deal. That was, you know what I saw there? I saw real seal love. That was seal yeah. love right there. She got almost smashed and got up and didn't get mad and just tried to help. Now, uh, you better call a crane. I know that. I mean, you're not getting – who's – hey, guys, come on over here. Lift this thing up here. <laughs> what are you, nuts? Holy yeah. cow. Oh, well. Uh, what else we – what's going on? What else we got here? Wow. Wow. If you're not showering after the bar – what are you doing? What is that a possum? I don't know. That looks like they're not a... showering after the bar. What are you doing? See, I don't know what that what is, but is that? so this woman has gone viral on uh, TikTok. Her video has got so many views now because people are just really making fun of it at this point. She's saying, if you're not showering after the bar, what are you doing? And people who probably get a lot more drunk than she does were like, this is what I do after the bar. And obviously they yeah. are, you know, chaos ensues if you're picking up a possum and bringing it back to your frat house or whatever that was. But yeah, what do I do after the bar? I definitely don't shower. I think I just, I eat pizza and I fall asleep. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, back in the day, I turned I turned the TV on. I uh, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what I used to do when I got back from the bar. It wasn't always that good. I don't, you know, paid bail. That's what I did. I paid bail and got out. 
and then came home. (laughs) Exactly. All right, I'm going. I'm going with number one. I, I like you know. I am a I am a serial. Make sure I live a little bit in the woods, and I'm always closing the door. Like I got hit by a hawk in the head. I had to go to the hospital. A crazy hawk. I, I when? and I can still see it. Uh, what's that? How? When was that? Uh, about three years ago, our neighborhood had a demented hawk. I got hit three times. My wife got hit twice. I threw a shovel at it. It came, it swooped down, and I tried to duck. It got me. It cut me, and I fired a shovel at it. I got hit once. It hit the back of my head and knocked my, my hat off. My wife got knocked down. Our whole neighborhood, Haley, swear to God, in our neighborhood, women would walk, and they would have umbrellas that you pop, you know, you'd pop an umbrella. Guys yeah. would do the the yard in their helmets. Like I, I would do it in a, in, I had a motorcycle or kind of a motorcycle. I'd do it in my motorcycle helmet. Cause you'd get cra- the hawk. Let's put it this way. We're not allowed to say what happened to the hawk, but it's no longer with us. Well, it sounds like it needed to be put down. So whatever you did or whatever someone else did, I'm sure it was for the good of the community. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I like the Hawk one though. It, it, uh, it touches my heart. Oh, I see what they're doing here. Uh, that bird gave the girl the bird. Then another guy says that was the seal of approval. Oh, bada <laughs> bing. They'll be here. All, all That's right. Funny. Good stuff. Or in Nash Vegas this weekend, what do you got going? I have a low-key weekend. I'm hoping that there are no demented hawks that come attack me. That's all. My goal is just to say, have a hawk-free weekend. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let wildlife attack you. All wildlife attacking is not good. Thanks for your time. You're awesome. Give her a follow on. uh, You have a great weekend, too. Uh, We had a great show today. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, cannot thank you enough. I'm going to be on Varney. Uh, coming up here at 11.30, and I can't wait. Messi's debut is tonight. I mean, they're talking about some money to watch this guy play. I don't know, man. Inner Miami, he goes tonight. DRVPNK Stadium is packed. (sighs) You know this dude has like 497 million followers on Instagram? Did you know that, Messi? So I'll be on Varney. He's 36 years old. Uh, we'll see what we shall see, but I'm looking forward to it. Hey, thanks for a great week on the show. All you guys that were on the YouTube chat, we got to double it up next week. We'll get back in business on Monday, trying to effort Urban Meyer, talk about the SEC and the upcoming Netflix documentary on his teams at Florida. Uh, Ryan and Dylan and Nick and Aaron and Haley and Katie and and Gary and everybody associated with the show. I cannot thank you enough. Have a great, great weekend, everybody. Check me out on Fox Business, Varney. And oh, by the way, subscribe and like and ring the bell. What in the hell are you doing? We'll see you on Monday.